Hello, welcome to Blocked and Reported. I'm Jesse Single. Not with me today is my co-host Katie Herzog. We're on a miniature summer break this week. We've been doing this show weekly since we launched in March of last year for 77 weeks straight. We need a break, so we're taking a short one. But we're not going to leave you empty-handed. Instead, what follows is an episode we produced for our premium subscribers, which ran last October. So if you're not a premium subscriber, you haven't heard it yet. These subscribers pay $5 a month or more for three extra episodes per month. Premium subscribers also gain access to early and ad-free episodes, online hangouts, and other perks. It's an awesome, growing community of nearly 6,000 people, and it's almost worth the price of admission just to gain access to the comment sections, where interesting, thoughtful conversations pop off whenever we post a new episode. Head on over to patreon.com slash blocked and reported to learn more. If you're experiencing blocked and reported withdrawal, you can sign up there and instantly gain access to about 50 episodes from our back catalog that you have never heard before, more than enough to keep you going until we return next week. One more time, that's patreon.com slash blocked and reported. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy this episode. We'll be back next week with some hot, fresh, newly produced content. Katie, how are you doing? Hi, Jesse. Well, you know, I am grappling with the news that our president has COVID, so very well, actually. <laughs> uh, we just recorded a lengthy segment about your cruel dismissal of our <laughs> commander-in-chief's health woes, so let's just turn to a happier subject, which is you posted some pretty sick shrooms to the old timeline the other day. What's, I did- you've been collecting mushrooms quite effectively. Yeah, so I, I hate to tell you that these mushrooms are actually not psilocybin; they are chanterelles. Um, but this is this is my this is my one like actual hobby. Every fall, my wife and I get really into mushroom hunting, and we go out in the woods and we bring moose and we just like find chanterelles. So we've gone. Uh, let's see, the season starts when it starts raining, and we've gone probably like four or five times already this year. Um, and these these mushrooms sell for about twenty five dollars a pound. So if I were a better business person, I could actually be making some decent money on this but instead i just give them to my neighbors what are they I, i'm sure i've had them but remind me what they taste like you, you probably haven't had them because they're huh. they're Cla- not, i'm not cla- i'm not classy enough you're not classy enough because they're they, they can't be cultivated so they grow in the wild only um, um so they're these uh they, they're different colors depending on where you are and they actually do grow on the east coast they grow in the summer like my mom has found them in her yard in north carolina before but oddly um but they're out here they're these sort of uh this camel color this sort of nice orange um and they're really delicious like i'm not i'm not really into mushrooms as a, as a food but these ones are really fucking good they're among the best mushrooms I've ever had. Um, so it's, it's, it's fun. It's a great, like, it's better if you take mushrooms and then go mushroom hunting. That's when it's really fun. <laughs> but even, um, not on drugs, it is quite the, uh, the enjoyable experience. And it's like, you know, like, they're, like, you have to have your spots, you know, and people are really secretive about their spots. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a whole subculture. It's a thing. So I occasionally have aspirations to be competent. Um, uh, good usually- luck. Yeah, it's, it's an uphill battle, but it's usually triggered by YouTube. And I watched this this very exciting uh, video was served up to me by the algorithm that was like how to cultivate mushrooms at home forever. And I clicked it, so excited, only to find out this is like a fucking two hundred fifty step 
six yeah. month process involving so much care because I just assumed because mushrooms grow fucking everywhere that'd be easy to cultivate them, but that is not the case. Well, it depends on which ones you want. If you want ones that are like tasty and delicious or will uh, give you a life ex- life affirming and or terrifying experience, it's definitely more work. But I, yeah. I, have you ever heard that people that you find mushrooms in like psilocybin mushrooms and cow shit? No, is that true? I don't think it is true. That sounds um, like bullshit to me. <laughs> good one, Jesse. Good one, Jesse. Thank you. No, you can find them in – there's different kinds, but you can find them in cedar chips. Um, so I have a former boss who will go unnamed um, who would every fall, he would go like hunting around the uh, the trees in, in Seattle, at, like like near Chaz, um, <laughs> looking for these psilocybin <laughs> mushrooms and then trade with me for my chanterelles. Wow. You've got a whole uh, mushroom economy out there. Yeah, it's a very it's a very shroomy place out here in Pacific Northwest. If you you know if if uh, if um, if COVID ever ends, you should come out here in the fall, and I'll take you mushroom hunting. That would be really fun. We could just record the podcast while we're mushroom hunting. Totally. Yeah, you can wear your cargo shorts. Oh, just stuff them with mushrooms of every exactly. variety. Exactly. So today's episode is about there has been a uh, some could say there's some social contagion of. White people pretending online to not be white. It's already- the real pandemic is white people in blackface. <laughs> Virtual blackface. We already told you the gripping story of sciencing by. I actually think that was one of our most downloaded episodes because it's a crazy story. We have a um, sort of smaller scale, but I'd argue equally intriguing one here that, that sort of has a, a twist to it, right? Yeah. And this is – so since sciencing by – um, and I guess we should do a little refresher. Sciencing by was the alias of a woman named Beth Ann McLaughlin, who's a former professor at Vanderbilt, who pretended to be a, uh, a Native American <laughs> anthropology teacher, bisexual, in, um, in Arizona, who she then killed off with COVID. Not like a <laughs> Donald Trump case of COVID, like this shit wasn't real. Um, and, and then she got busted and publicly shamed. Yes. And we, we'd be remiss not to add that her part of the storyline was that anthropology is so hostile to bisexuals. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have an ex-girlfriend who's a, who's a bisexual and, and, and a PhD in anthropology. I'm going to ask her. I'm going to get in touch with her and ask her about her, her experience. She's very into Foucault. So I have a feeling that her department <laughs> is, is plenty queer friendly. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So this one, centers on a online persona no longer available for reasons that will become clear called at piney underscore the that's p-i-n-e-y underscore the this account built itself as jesse were you familiar with piney the piney the after or before this story broke i actually was when i was looking back at some of the stuff they tweeted i realized that that one tweet in particular that i'll i'll get to shortly i had had seen had you heard of this person it's vaguely familiar. I think they followed me. Um, and if they followed me, they probably followed you too. Yeah, they may have. Maybe that's how I um, came across them. Um, so Piney, Piney the, I still think that's a weird name. Uh, why not go with the Piney? But anyway, it's very they, weird. she builds herself as, quote, the science fam, comma, woman in STEM. She built up an audience as sort of a so-called anti-SJW, someone who criticized identity politics in academia, criticized sort of, you know, modern race trainings, all the culture war stuff you would imagine. So let me just read you a quick um, sample of some of her tweets. 
Uh, at some point, she was accused of privilege of some sort. She she responded, privilege, LOL. I'm an immigrant woman of color who grew up in poverty, sleeping on a dirt floor. What a tool you are. Uh, she would do these like very trolly tweets like, uh, this is in reference to some publication. I might think about renewing my subscription if they replace all photos of white people in the next issue with black, trans, disabled, two-spirit, gopherkin. Until then, they just can't be trusted to report honestly anymore. So she also tweeted screenshots of uh, Kate Hill, right? Was the California congressman whose nudes were leaked? Yes, Katie Hill. Katie Hill. Um Tweeted that, tweeted all sorts of, of vitriolic stuff against against wokeness, basically. I think one of her most viral tweets uh, read as follows. Here it is. I was successful in killing my department's woke statement on recent social unrest. This took several weeks and may have permanently burned some bridges, but I think it's important. It is a toxic ideology that cannot be given an inch. Here are the lessons I learned. Thus followed a tweet storm about how, how this person who is positioning herself as a... Uh, immigrant woman of color who is against wokeness. This is the story of how she defeated her department's sort of woke grandstanding. Okay, so as it turns out, everyone, and you could probably see where this is going, everyone now believes that this account was not, in fact, run by a immigrant woman of color who grew up sleeping on a dirt floor. Katie, how shocked are you? Oh, just shocked, Jesse. Almost as shocked as uh, the president giving COVID after refusing to wear a mask. <laughs> The the suspect is Craig Chapman. He is a University of New Hampshire chemistry professor. How often do these controversies inevitably circle back to the University of New Hampshire chemistry department? That bastion of controversy. So the reason – so there are these funny accounts we'll link to and a Google document linking to the evidence that this guy is actually Piney the – whereas – Sciencing by was able to keep up this ruse for a long time. Sciencing by was like pretty good at at playing that role, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She she fooled people for a long time until she, she killed she, off her character. Yeah, she flew too close to the sun by killing off the character. At the very least, people believed her for a long time. Um, in this case, the, the the account was so incompetent at hiding this guy's identity. For example. When the subject of beer came up, uh, Piney the tweeted, ever hear of Pinelands Brewing in South Jersey? That is referring to a brewery run by Jason Chapman, who is Craig Chapman's brother. That's not great to connect your, your fake persona to your brother's brewery. Much more damning. This is like my favorite thing in a, in a long time is, um, April 15th, 2020. Piney the tweets at 11.25 PM. I trust everyone is staying well caffeinated. What is your coffee setup? This includes a photo of this sort of elaborate, fancy-looking coffee setup. Eleven minutes later, Chemical Craig, which is the chemistry professor's Twitter account, tweets, Is everyone staying well caffeinated? What is your preferred method? With a photo of the exact same, like literally the exact same photo. Ten minutes apart (laughs) between the two accounts. Um, This was not competent sock puppeting. No, this was lazy, lazy sock puppeting. I, I, so I, I can't find the tweet now. I'll try to find it for the show notes. But the either the chemistry department or UNH itself also tweeted out sort of a statement of concern or an apology. But it was – they couldn't figure out how to crop it correctly. So it got cut off halfway through. Um, 
I mean, to me, one of the things is this. They also it spelled it, privilege wrong. It said something about privilege. <laughs> it spelled privilege wrong, wrong. right? And I mean, to be it, fair, this is the chemistry department, not the literature department, <laughs> not the not the spelling department. <laughs> uh, so right, and then when they sent it out again, it was still cropped incorrectly. So not a lot of brilliant minds at work here. I guess I mean one thing that jumped out at me here is like we've said this before, but people will inevitably retweet stuff that lines up with their political ideology, even if it's questionable. In this case, you know, I had I had noted that thread about like defeating the sort of wokeness within her department. I didn't retweet it or anything, but I was like, oh, that sounds like a potentially interesting story of going to head to head with your own academic colleagues. People just pe- there's this people love the sort of anti-SJW stuff, right? Like this this whole movement online that has its own um maybe biases and sort of confirmation bias that I think helped build this character up. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the reason I assume that Craig Chapman did this and I emailed him to see if he would be willing to comment and I didn't hear back. Um, I assume that the reason is because you do get this sort of uh, immunity from criticism if you have certain identity characteristics, which is why you continue to pretend that you're Jewish, I assume. It's <laughs> um, a Shonda what you just it- said. <laughs> You know, so there are, there are reasons that people would do this that, you know, maybe are totally dishonest, um, are totally dishonest, but you can see why someone would say like, oh, I want to, uh, I want my sock puppet, my anonymous account to, to, to have these characteristics because then people, um, can't, you know, use my identity against me or it, it works to my advantage in some way. This, of course, does not work for just like cis white men. Um, no. yeah. So he he's at the bottom of the hierarchy, trying to climb up, grasping for you know for the ladder to uh, to get up to the to the trans woman of color at the top of the pyramid. The uh, he he is now sliding out of control back down the progressive stack. Yes, poor Craig. Do you think? What do you think of the argument that like if you're sort of a anti SJW, anti identitarian type, it's um. It's hypocritical for them to you to be like, oh, look, this woman of color disagrees with wokeness. I'm going to retweet her. I, I do think it's a bit hypocritical. It's also something that is just a like convenient rhetorical tool. And you see this yeah. all the time with people like Dave Rubin, who rails against identity politics and then uses his own identity as a gay man. He, I think that's like the tagline of a show is I'm married to a dude. Um you know, and I am, I'm sure I'm guilty of the same thing. And part of that is like, like, like during, I, I probably said this on the show before, but I do think it is real that if you have certain identity characteristics, you are kind of allowed or won't face as much backlash if you comment on certain issues in a, in a way that veers from the, the current, you know, dominant narrative. And yeah. this was the reason, for instance, that I decided that it was important during Me Too to talk about things like due process um, because I knew that there were – I had male coworkers who probably would have wanted to say the same thing, but they couldn't say it. Yeah. Um, you know, because they don't have vaginas, you know, and like my vagina is a privilege in, the, in that context. And, and not to say that everybody sort of plays by these rules. And I don't think the rules – uh, apply as much when it comes to the right. Um, but on the left, if you do have these, these certain identity ca- characteristics, you're given a kind of pass. That's a great April Levine song. My vagina is a privilege. <laughs> do I even have that name? Do I even have that name right? It's a Tori Amos song. Tori Amos. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, again, I think the point we've tried to make is like, it's like if you have a dysfunctional system where identity is everything, it is inevitably going to produce and encourage bad actors. What makes this guy so funny is like he was terrible at it. Right. But there's still the underlying point there that this is not a good system for anything. It isn't. And yeah, like, okay, so take, um, you know, like the, the contrarian black thinkers who we both like, like Camille Foster, Coleman Hughes, um, you know, Partly they can say things that we can't say, but also if I'm going to like retweet someone who's talking about race in a way that could get me in trouble, I'm more likely to retweet Camille or Coleman. And part of that is because of what they're saying, but another part of it is because they're black. Um, yeah. it's not fair. So you, you, yes, you play I use by the them. same rules you're I, saying. Yeah. I do play by the same rules. I hate the rules. I fucking hate the rules, but I, uh, acknowledge that the rules exist. And this isn't to say that I like only would retweet Coleman or Camille or whoever because of their race or John McWhorter. Um, but when they make that argument, it's more palpable to people or or it's not. Or, you know, in the case of Coleman, like Coleman testified in front of Congress against reparations and he was called a coon. Oh, they actually they actually use that word. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's one part I forgot from the local paper, the Concord Monitor. The other the other blunder this guy made is he later posted the same photo of pork on both accounts. <laughs> Dude, lazy. If you're here's the lesson here. If you're going to catfish, don't be lazy about it. And also don't use fucking things that can be like like stock photos that can be reversed image searched on Google. People get busted that way all the time. The photo one was just so weird because like, okay, doing this thing in the first place, like that suggests some level of fluency with the online world. But then like this thing where you 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 tweet out a very specific photo went from the different accounts within ten minutes of one another. It's just this weird combination of like him obviously understanding how this world works and being totally incompetent. Which that's part of the reason I find this sort of a compelling story. I would lo- we should talk to him on the podcast. I want to yeah. hear him explain this, but he's obviously not going to do that. Yeah, I don't think he will. You know, this reminds me of a of a somewhat related story and maybe it's not related but this is just a really good excuse to talk about this controversy that i don't think got nearly enough play at the time um i'm sure i bitched about this to you at the time that it came out but does the name rain dove mean anything to you uh rain dove is a non-binary performance artist model so, well model. when i after i tell you what rain dove did you might consider rain dove a performance artist um but yeah, Rain Dove, so non-binary model, very androgynous looking, uh, modeled, I think men's clothes primarily sort of became famous for modeling men's clothes. And, uh, they, they're on Instagram. Oh, they also, so they dated, um, Rose McGowan. So, and then they ended up, they were the person who sold TMZ, uh, Ozia Argento's text admitting to having sex with a minor. Do you remember that? Oh, okay. Yeah. This is coming back to me now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just what a fucking world. It's all coming in. back to yeah. <laughs> Okay. So Rain Dove, uh, Rose McGowan's ex, non-binary model, hyper fucking dramatic. And uh, Rain Dove is hyper online, is or, or is on Instagram a lot. And I was following Rain Dove and Rain Dove started po- posting all these, um, you know, sort of like DM conversations between them and people who would say something horrible, like, uh, you know, call them a, call them a faggot or... Or, you know, lots of like transphobic stuff. Um, mostly, mostly DMs from you. Yeah. <laughs> it was all DMs for me. And I'm, <laughs> it was all DMs for me. And, um, and then Rain Dove would have these conversations with these people. And then 
after the end of these, like would always respond with kindness. And after, um, and after a while of conversation, the person would come around and say, like, I'm sorry, you know, this is just like, this is just because my mother hated me or something like that. Like, and th- so it would be this sort of nice, uh, you know, nice, nice conversion story of, of rain. That sounds up. kind of. Are they, are those, that sounds fake. Uh, yeah, surprise, surprise. So I didn't believe this shit the first time that I saw it because this isn't just how people, this people, people don't, don't fucking act like that on the internet. Um, yeah. like the, the messages themselves were overly hostile, but also the response, the whole thing just seemed like bullshit. So in one of them, Rain Dove claimed to have been maced while using the bathroom uh, while giving a talk at a school. And then the person apparently tracked Rain Dove, th- this woman tracked Rain Dove down. And, um, and messaged her and said, like, I'm the person who maced you in the bathroom. And here's why I did it. I thought you were a man or whatever. And then they have this conversation and the person ends up apologizing. Well, that kind of sounded like bullshit to me. And Rain Dove happened to say that this took place in Asheville, North Carolina, where I went to college and where my family now lives, a place that I've lived for years. I've spent a lot of time there. Asheville is incredible. Have you ever heard of Asheville? Yeah, it's like a hippie, very pro LGBT place, right? They, yeah, they they're like the first the first city in the country to try to to like pass a reparations bill. Um, it's incredibly liberal. Be, being trans there is mandatory. It is mandatory. Everybody is trans. When you move there, you get a new pronoun. They only have on that local IDs. The only options are they. <laughs> you don't. You don't get to choose it. The mayor just hands it to you, and yeah. you have to accept it. So this is the kind of town Asheville is. It's incredibly progressive, and it is like I grew up in an hour outside of Asheville, a much more rural sort of you know. Uh, redneck. Um, is that a slur? Am I less than redneck? Anyway, uh, uh, just a, a much more conservative area surrounded. But Asheville itself is really a blue bubble. Um, there is one guy who I would see when I lived there, who I would see with a, a Confederate flag standing on the on the highway, dressed like a Confederate soldier with a Confederate flag, but he was black. Um, and th- that's uh, <laughs> that's real. Okay. Anyway, so so I happen to know this town. And I got in touch with Rain and I said, like, oh, where did this happen? And Rain said it happened at the University of North Carolina where, where they were giving a talk. Well, guess what? That's where I went to college. So I figured that this was something that would have made news uh, locally. So I got in touch with one of my old professors there who was a, um, who is like, is a lesbian. She's into like queer studies and shit like that. Um, hadn't heard about it. I contacted the university, hadn't heard about it. Rain Dove comes back and says, Oh, I mean, it was Asheville High School. I contacted Asheville High School. Never heard of it, right? No police report, no evidence of this. So I, I, I go back to Rain Dove and I say this and, and I say, like, can you, uh, you know, can you, Hook me up with the connect me with the woman who who uh, you exchange this message with. I'd like to talk to her. So Rain Dove gives me an email address, and I write and I say like, you know, I'm trying to verify this story. Did this happen? And the message I go back. Let me just read this to you. Yeah. The message is from a woman named Carmelita Flores. Here's what it says. Wait, Carmel Carmelita. Carmelita Flores. And it says it reads. That's like, that's like a Republican trying to make up a fake Latino. Name. Okay, guess when you fucking hear what it reads. Rain talks with me already. What is stranger? Colon, colon. I never hear before. Is tabloid? Question mark, question mark. Carmelita. So this, this is a, a Latino woman who struggles with English, but grasps the distinction between the stranger being a, a mainstream media outlet and some sort of tabloid she shouldn't talk to. That is exactly what. Well, so I write Carmelita back, doesn't respond. And then I Google Carmelita Flores. Guess what, Jesse? 
there's no Carmelita Flores in North Carolina. At least not one with any, like not on Facebook, not on any public records. Um, definitely not one in Asheville. Anyway, so I ended up not writing this story because it just like it wasn't local and there was kind of no, no reason for me to. To like write this story about this thing that happened at the, at the, you know, um, in, in like the local Seattle paper. I fucking should have. So are you, are you pretty sure she just faked a hate crime? I am because NBC ended up reporting it a year later. They so reported what? They report, they, they like went and got, here, let me, let me Google it. Okay. So, so, uh, so that happened. So I had that exchange with Rain Dove in, um, in November of 2018. A year later, in December 2019, NBC publishes a piece with the headline, Rain Dove admits to selling TMZ in incriminating Asia Argento text. The admission, this is the subhead, the admission came in a lengthy video in which the non-binary model and LGBTQ advocate also admitted to lying about going to UC Berkeley and being a firefighter. So that's, <laughs> right. So there's also, so, and also like after I, uh, I don't know why, but I started getting messages from, I had, I had like, I must have tweeted something about this because I started getting messages from people, tons and tons of messages from people who were like sleuthing the shit out of Rain Dove, these internet people. And they, they had all of this proof that, cause Rain Dove had said that she was like, a, or they were like, a wildland firefighter, a hotshot firefighter, or something like that. They had done all of this research and they had found that it was all bullshit. So, so the, the part about Rain Dove getting maced is like, that's not even in the, you know, in the headline or the subhead. That's a pretty small part. But, um, but the reporter did go and like talk to the police. It did all of the digging about this, this alleged case in Asheville. Um, and, and found, you know, the same thing that I did. Rain continued to, to insist that it was true. I don't fucking believe it. Um, so anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but, um, but no, that's crazy. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I'm so shocked that a beloved social justice figure made a bunch of shit up and no one really called them on it. That something like that has Wait, never happened before. Jesse, here's the really crazy part about this. Rain Dove is doing it again. Wait, what now? Let's check in with their Instagram. Hang on. The extent to which, like, progressives just let like pathological liars just do this over i mean there's like a handful of people who do this regularly yes it's crazy okay this is from this is a post from september 18th this is a dm conversation between rain dove and this mystery person hello my son said he was gay today and i'm disgusted your gay agenda worked happy question mark exclamation point question mark question mark question mark exclamation point question mark question mark exclamation point hello question mark can we talk um okay and then rain has this conversation with this person and let's see how it ends this is incredible your gay agenda hello i am a christian the bible tells me i hate you you are queer it ends with so Rain, of course, has this you know heartfelt conversation with this mystery person. It ends with this person saying like, "I love you too." When I feel sad, I comment on your page, and I get lots of support and feel so good there. Thank you. I'm ready to. T-. It ends with this person like coming out, like starting out the conversation saying, "My son is gay," and then ends up with the person coming out to Rain Gov and promising to tell his mother. The whole thing is just absolutely fucking ludicrous. It has forty six thousand seven hundred and seventy five likes. Oh my god! Nobody this, so this, like people yeah. still like. NBC reported this. It must have been a slow news week or something. A rain dove just isn't important enough. Although fucking Chapman here is nobody's ever heard of Craig Chapman. Jezebel did a piece on this. Jezebel didn't do a fucking piece on rain dove. It just really didn't take off, um, which was disappointing to me because I was waiting for this for a year. Um, I thought they should have won a Pulitzer. 
Stolen firefighter valor. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And then I just continues to do the same shit. Raindev also, all right, just one more thing about this. Raindev is, is non-binary, has large breasts. Raindev is often, not often, has been in the past topless in their photos and Instagram doesn't delete them because they're non-binary. Right. If a woman, a woman, they're not. A, so if a woman, so but these are female tits. They're big female tits. They're knockers. They're jugs. They're uh, melons. Uh, Katie, and, Katie, female tits. Okay. What does that mean? They're they're breasts. These are not like <laughs> these are not chubby male breasts. Thank God this is a Patreon only episode. And Rain Dove can have Rain Dove's tits out. If I, with my basically male pecs, had my tits out, they would get I, like I, they would I would get censored. Which is a shame because all the patrons want that. That's all they want. And I don't have nipples either, so it really shouldn't matter. I just have this like (laughs) flat, like Marilyn Manson style chest. So really it shouldn't make any difference. Yeah, like like a Ken doll, really, but yes. Anyway, that's that's not Raindub's fault. To make up a a hate crime and to pretend to be a fire. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with these stories. Wait, and, and lying about going to UC Berkeley. Right. They went to like Berkeley Community College or something. This is crazy. I'm glad that this episode got derailed by your vicious hatred of Rain Dove because that's actually, in certain ways, more interesting. The I, again, I it's like there are names I could name here, but I think you and I both know a number of people in progressive circles who constantly are posting things that are suspect at best, right? Well, I mean, conservatives do it too. Like, was it Jacob Wall, oh, the hipster coffee shop, overheard someone <laughs> yeah. in a hipster coffee shop? Well, the thing? article. No, I just mean yeah. like our side, right? And then this Craig guy did the same thing. I guess I just think social media has revealed how often people lie, which is maybe useful information for us to have about humanity. Yeah. So here's the question: Should what should Craig Chapman's uh, punishment be from the University of New Hampshire? I was thinking about that because the public university, obviously, none of what he did is illegal. Uh, I don't know. I'm torn. Obviously, this is really bad. I don't think I'm against some sort of discipline on on principle if he's not. Fired? What's your stance? I don't think he should be fired. I mean, no, well, I, the thing is, it's like the the punishment for this seems to will be the the you know the pile on. Jezebel wrote a piece about this today. The, the like the school the student paper did it yesterday. So it's kind of just a matter of time because be, we're talking about it right now. So it's just sort of a matter of time because before this, although now that Trump has COVID, maybe the news cycle has stopped for a moment. He might get lucky. Uh, maybe he, he he's the one who breathed in Trump's face. Um, <laughs> but so I think that's. Uh, Public shaming is a punishment. Your colleagues knowing yeah. about this, that's a punishment. Um, having to deal with the stress and the drama. Hopefully this dude learned a lesson about it. But do I think someone should be fired for lying online? No, I don't think you should be fired. <laughs> Imagine if we held that standard constant forever. Right. Like it's shitty behavior. It really is. Yeah. But having an anonymous troll account online where you're not threatening anybody. No, that's yeah. that should not be a fireable offense, especially at a well, I mean, if it was at a if it was at a private company, I could see why a company would feel compelled to to fire this person just if for no other reason. It's just a PR nightmare. Um, but you know, public un- public uh, employees get a level of protection that the rest of us don't. He revealed himself to be like such a creep between the Katie Hill stuff and like some of the stuff he tweeted about trans people went well beyond any you know good faith critique of sort yeah. of transactive. It was just cruel and mean. So yeah. he revealed himself to be a real asshole. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot of liars out there. Be careful. Don't you think what should happen here to, to make everything fair again is that the president of the college should say for the next three years, you have to live your life as a woman of color born on a dirt floor? <laughs> that is only fair. 
That is what's the what's the word for like not retro well, the opposite of retribution restorative justice that's that is my idea of restorative justice is he has to have uh, surgery and transition and he has to uh, and just see what that life would be like he has to do the opposite of skin bleaching I guess blackface although then he's just gonna get canceled every day for the rest of his life I don't, also the photo that he used like if I were gonna impersonate a woman of color I would use a woman who was more obviously a woman of color. Right. So was that just a stock photo? Because she looked I don't pretty know. pale. She, I, it, it might have, I, mean, I assume it was, you know, something he found online or hopefully he wouldn't use an actual person in his life to do this. Um, she did look pretty pale. Uh, but maybe, uh, maybe he added in the, the, the woman of color part later on. There was like, there were so many points where he just slipped up. He was so bad at this. He was not meant for such a stunt. He should have, uh, this wasn't even like flying too close to the sun because he could barely get off the ground anyway. So do do better, Craig. Do better, yes. All right. Well, I'm now fascinated by the rain dove thing. I'm going to spend way too much the rest of my day looking into that. I assume you're back out in the forest to to harvest mushrooms. Yes. As soon as we leave here, I've got to go catch my dinner. Um, we will put a link to the, some some reporting on rain dove in the show notes. Unfortunately, not my reporting because I never did it. But uh, rain, I was on to you, and I'm on to you now. You were on them like rain. <laughs> I was I was raining all over the story. Let's end the podcast with the dumbest remarks both of us made. Bye everybody. Bye.